0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast Matthew 27, verse 45. I'm reading from the NIV version. If you're listening on the internet, we welcome you. It says this from noon until three in the afternoon. Darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema, sabactane," which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Verse 48, immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, I want you to say, at that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Here's the first, some first resurrections going on here. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were with him, those with him who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened. By the way, when they, then it means all that had happened, it's everything I've just said. When they saw everything that had happened, they were terrified. I'm sure we would be too. And exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. I don't know if you saw in 2004 the film The Passion of the Christ done by Mel Gibson. Some people probably chose not to watch it because of the, the level of kind of violence in it. We've heard it earlier in Isaiah 52 That Jesus was marred beyond human disfiguration. It it was almost you couldn't even see it was a human being. So passion of Christ, although it was great at depicting the story of Jesus, what happened that day was never, ever going to come close to what really happened. I mean, you look at that film and you turn sometimes when you see some of the images. But when you look at that film all the way through to the very end, you can still see that's a human being the Bible tells us that he would be marred beyond human recognition. In other words, you wouldn't even tell it was a human being. I want you to picture that today. What everyone saw that day was something that not one film yet has ever depicted. However good Mel Gibson is, it has never depicted the level of what they saw that day. Verse 51 says this. At that moment, something happened. When Jesus offered his spirit, when he knew that it was finished, when we knew he was in the garden and we heard this morning about the the cup that he was going to take. He knew that it was completed. His mission was accomplished. And he said, it's finished. And he offered his spirit. And it says this that the moment that that happened, the moment that this took place, at that moment, something happened. This is not the resurrection, this is the moment he died. I find it amazing because when we read this, there is so many events taking place. I don't know if you've ever been to a, a someone, been a, at the bedside of someone who's about to die. I have. I've seen several people now at that moment in time when they leave this earth. I was called to someone just a few years ago. I was in a hospital and I was right there at the bedside when their life was taken from them. And I found it very interesting that it was a sad time and we I ended up speaking to the, the family members and we were there and it was a sad, somber time. It was a quiet time of memory. Almost of, that's it, they've gone. A somber moment. But I find something very different with when Jesus leaves, his spirit is given, he, he, he receives He he leaves his spirit to God and he dies and gives his life for us. Something different occurs to what we normally see. Nothing in any film has ever shown this. And I would call this, and the title of this today is, Groundbreaking Moments. Because what happened that day was a groundbreaking moment. I don't know if you've had a groundbreaking moment in your life. There are times when you remember certain things, events. This was truly a groundbreaking moment. Matthew records something outstanding. He says, an earthquake took place. Now you see earthquakes on TV and the whole building shaking and people, devastation and lots of things happening. I remember just several years ago, I may have told this story before, please excuse me if you've heard it, but... I came in one night at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I arrived in the house. I got into bed, and I laid there, and I was just, I'd just been with someone to do with church, and I laid into, in bed next to Emma. She was fast asleep. And I laid there, and I'm just thinking about things, and a few minutes after thinking, all of a sudden, the room shook. Yeah, this is in Cambridge. The room shook. I honestly thought someone had come and hit the house with a bulldozer. I hit Emma, I said, what's going on? She says, I've got no idea. And I felt this shaking. The first thing I did is turn the radio on. I thought, I wonder if Q103 knows what's going on. It's the only thing you can do. The first thing you've got to do is find out what everyone else is saying. I turned on the radio and people began to say, calls are coming in. There's been some earthquake, some little shake in Cambridge. I believe that the earthquake that day was far bigger than what we've ever felt. You see any earthquake is always monitored by a Richter scale. It said this is the, the, the level in which the Richter scale, the magnitude of this quake. People always say that, what's the, what's the, what's the Richter scale say? I want to tell you today that Jesus, when he died, the Richter scale was the highest Richter scale. It sent a message through the generations. It sends a message to us today that the, the price of the cross, what it cost him, it still sends a shock through to us. It's a groundbreaking moment. There's no ordinary quake. And I believe today that when we feel the tremor of the groundbreaking event that happened 2,000 years ago, it demands us to respond to him. Isaac Watts, we heard this last week, he wrote a song, When I Survey the Wondrous wondrous Cross. And there's a point in that, it says, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. In other words, what happened on that cross The love was so high on the Richter scale, it sends a message to you today that is recorded in the word of God to tell you that his love was so great that it demands something from every single person. If you don't believe in Jesus today, the word of God tells us we need to respond to him. The Bible says that at one day every knee is going to bow. You can either bow your knee now or wait. Wait. But you're going to bow whether you follow him or not. Because you will not have a choice. Because when you see the king of glory, we'll know it's him. It demands a response. I want to just bring just a few little things in the next few moments. About what those moments mean. And how they demand something from us. Number one, at that moment, religion had to respond. Religion... Religiosity had to respond. He says in verse 51, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Some believe that the curtain, it's known that it could have been around four inches thick of fabrics. That curtain to tear, which was the curtain in the temple that separated people from the presence of God, was torn through the center. I don't know about you, but I've watched The Passion of the Christ. And I've seen the earthquake scene at the end. You can jump to the chapter scene and watch the earthquake scene. But I don't see on Mel Gibson's earthquake scene any curtain being torn. You see, he's he's been in interviews and he said, Oh, you know, I've, I've tried to depict as much as I can. But the truth is, these little things that can be missed are so vital. You see, he didn't just shake the temple. Jesus, when he died on the cross, the earthquake that happened was not just something that was an accident. It was devastating and things were falling around. It was strategic and specific. You see... Anytime you see an earthquake on on TV, you think, this is just an accident. What's happened, Lord? Please, we pray for these people. This devastation. When this earthquake took place, it was strategic and specific to rip the curtain. The tension, everything that was happening would allow that curtain to tear exactly. Why? Because Jesus wanted to send a message to us today. Stop being religious. Now is the time for the new covenant the covenant of my blood, so that you can come freely into my presence. Come on. we got to rejoice today because we can go freely and step into the presence. When we come in here today, I'm thankful that there's no thick curtain on the front doors. I'm thankful we've got a new set of glass doors that we can just walk through and come into an air-conditioned church. We want to be thankful sometimes for what we have. I'm glad today that that curtain was torn. Why? Because at that moment, religion had to respond. It sent a message to religion. It sent a message to the Pharisees. It sent a message to all those who were trusting in themselves to say, you don't have to do this anymore. You are not separated from me, but you can come into my presence. Religion had to respond. I don't know if you're religious today, if you've got this religious mentality about how you can access God. Because God says, listen, I'm going to send the message of my son. The Richter scale says this, that you can enter in freely. Hebrews 7 verse 18 says this, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that even though it was a good, a good law, even though the laws were good, we would never fulfill them. Thank you, Jesus, that you fulfill them for us. The cross today, the blood of Jesus demands us to lose our relig- religiosity. He says, stop being religious and enter into relationship with me. Number two, at that moment, nature had to respond. Nature had to respond. You see, the earthquake came, but then nature had to respond. It says, the earth shook and the rocks split. You see, it was strategic and specific. I find this very interesting because on Palm Sunday, just a week before, When Jesus is entering into Jerusalem and everyone's going crazy for Jesus. I mean, have you got your palm branches here today? Everyone's going crazy for him. Putting their coats and garments on the floor as he enters into Jerusalem. And the Pharisees tell Jesus, they say, will you quieten down your crowd, your disciples? They're they're far too passionate. They're far too, they're just a little bit OTT. Just quieten them down a bit, you know. We're the religious type; we don't think you need to go this far. And Jesus responds, and He doesn't say, "I'm sorry, we'll we'll keep the noise down a little bit." He doesn't say, "I'm going to turn the volume down." He says this, verse forty of Luke nineteen. Jesus replied, "If they keep quiet," and He's talking about His followers. "If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out." I think Jesus is a very good prophet, you know. Jesus is a very good prophet. You want a good prophet who's accurate? A week before he says, if they keep quiet, then the stones have to cry out. Just a week later as Jesus dies, the message comes forth. The power of the cross, the power of the blood makes the rocks split, the rocks have to respond to Jesus. Why? Because he is the son of God. I want to tell you today that some of us, sometimes we need to get passionate about Jesus. Because otherwise the rocks have to cry out. I don't want to get to the time of the end when Jesus, I'm faced before Jesus, he said, why weren't you passionate about me for what I did for you? The cross demands us to respond to passion with passion. We all know about the passion story, but we have to respond to the passion with passion. And that's what those disciples were doing. Jesus said, listen, guys, you can't be religious. You have to cry out because the stones will. I'm glad that today that we can sing loud our praises to Jesus I'm glad today and I, I don't care how, how loud I am sometimes because listen, the message is this. Jesus died for you. We cannot make a sound loud enough. We can't make a sound loud enough. Come on. Sometimes people say you've got to quiet down. I can't make the sound loud enough because I want to praise my king. I want to praise him. I want to give him everything I am. Listen, I want to tell you today, the cross demands you to be passionate because he was passionate about you. (sighs) Don't worry, I'm nearly finished. Number three. At that moment, death had to respond. Death responded, you see I've been and seen people when they're dying, I've been at the bedside and I've watched people but there's something about this story that staggers me because when Jesus dies and it's a somber moment, the king of glory has died, some people recognize it, some don't but the moment it happens, resurrections occur. What is this? When it says that the people were terrified, you can imagine it. We know that Lazarus was one who was resurrected, but now they're all coming out. They're all moving out. It says the tombs broke open, the bodies of many, what? Holy people. Remember that. Who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I'm telling you something, I would have loved to have been there that day. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Cambridge Mission next week. It's going to be exciting. We're going to believe for amazing miracles. But wouldn't you have loved to have been there that day? When you're saying, this is Jesus. He is the King of the Jews. He is the one who he says he is. He is the one who has power and authority over life and death. And there were people joking and mocking, saying, ah, if, if he wants to save himself, he can pull himself down. Then all of a sudden, they are proved wrong. Because people begin to come back to life. I would have loved to have been there. Seen those tombs open. People walking out, dead. And now they're alive, walking into the town saying, I don't know what's going on. What's going on? Well, Jesus, he's just died. Oh, that's why I'm alive again. In 1997, I remember, and everyone will remember this, Lady Diana died. I remember what I was doing. Everyone always remembers key moments. You remember what you were doing at the time. I remember what happened at the time. Lady Diana died, and for weeks after, the TV showed pictures of flowers and everything put outside Buckingham Palace, the memorials that have been made. This wonderful woman that everyone recognizes to this day. An amazing woman died. The headlines, the newspapers, Diana is dead. Diana's dead. Diana's gone. We all read them. We heard the news. It went on for a long time. But I would have loved to have seen the Jerusalem Post that day. When all they had to do was report that people are alive. People are coming back from the dead. Listen, Jesus today is the one Who brings life into your dead circumstances. The cross of Jesus Christ demands us to respond to his abundant life. John 5, 24, Jesus said, whoever is, hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. You see, death couldn't stay there. Where, oh death, is your sting? I want to tell you today, whatever you're thinking in your minds, whatever's dead in your lives, Jesus says, if you respond to me, there is life. There is life to be breathed back into circumstances, back into marriages, back into different difficult circumstances of your life. You can have my life breathed back into you. His abundant life. Number four. At that moment, the skeptics had to respond. The unbelief had to respond. He says this, the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake. And all that had happened, they said, this man truly was the Son of God. When they saw what had happened, they were terrified. These, listen to me. I want you to just picture this. We just, we, we read these things and we, they're just flyaway lines if we're not careful. But these men are the ones that brutally attacked him. These were not fearful men. They could get weapons and whip Jesus so that he was beaten beyond human recognition. They'd seen some terrible things. They'd seen some of the worst injuries known. The Romans were bad for this. They'd witnessed something brutal. They were laughing and mocking, playing games, and laughing and mocking at Jesus. But the moment this happened, I want to tell you, at that moment, it was so profound, it terrified them. He's bigger. Our God is greater. And at that moment, they looked And they knew something was different. For them to change from the ones who beat him and mocked him. To acknowledge he is, he is the son of God. I'd love to have seen that. At that moment, skeptics had to respond. In your heart today, some of us, and listen, it can happen to all of us. We can become a little bit like the doubting Thomas's. I believe sometimes even as Christians we come here today celebrating Jesus but actually there is an element of skepticism in our hearts, there's an element of doubt even Thomas had it and Jesus had to show the wounds in his hands to prove it, he loved him that much and today Jesus says there is a demand, a response from you, your skepticism I don't want, Jesus says, any skepticism in your heart, anything of unbelief or doubt, I want you to know truly who I am because when you know who I am it will set you free it's true we can be a Christian for years and doubt begins to creep in why because these circumstances of life have troubled us this much and that much that now we say I'm just going to keep going to the church I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm just going to keep hoping but Jesus says to you today it demands skepticism to leave It demands unbelief to get out because what I did for you was so profound, it rocked some of the most fearless men that they changed their statement. Yes, he is the son of God. At that moment, the cross demands us to recognize who he is and what he came for. If I had a fifth point today, my fifth is at this moment, we have to respond. At this moment, we've got to respond. You see, I don't know if you remember in 2004, the tsunami that hit out in Asia and caused so much damage on Boxing Day. The reason the tsunami came, the reason that the wave hit it's because an earthquake happened miles out at sea. No one could see the earthquake. It just happened. The effects of the earthquake came later. When the water built up and came and washed over the land. I want to tell you today, don't think that what happened 2,000 years ago was a moment that you need to just look back to. Because Jesus says, the moment I broke that ground, the moment that Richter scale went off the roof, it has sent a wave over generation after generation after generation to wash them in my blood. The wave of his forgiveness is here today. The wave of his love is here